welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co-host, Parker Moon. I'm from the... Uh-huh. Sol- so- Salinas? Bredis, but I don't know where I'm going. Oh, that could be a lettuce connection. I just tried to ship lettuce across the country, and it didn't work. <laughs> this is Brett. Um, this is your co-host, Daniel Phillips. I can't follow up Brett's super good intro. Brett's stumbling and bumbling around to find a connection to the book intro. Uh, we're a weekly book club podcast. Nope. No, we're not. We're a bi-weekly book club podcast, and we go over one book every month and make friends along the way. I'm never going to get used to that, I don't think. You'll get it. You'll get it eventually. I don't. I believe in you. Um, I I missed I missed you guys and I missed our listeners so much. These bi-weekly episodes take so long to roll it around. It feels don't they? like an eternity every yeah. single time. It feels like I I mean I'm t- I'm not kidding. The same thing happened again where I've just got all this like pent up wanting to talk to you guys about books and wanting to talk yeah. to you about life juice just in me right now. Mm. Is there a better Good. word than juice? <laughs> Pent up energy is that better than juice? Yeah, that, that's probably better. For uh, my I like pent up juice. In my mind and my conscience. Okay. In my in my sleep, uh, uh, Barbie is coming out. Sure. Yeah. Well, you're seeing it tonight, it right? I'm seeing it tonight. Yeah. That's not even my short story. I just wanted. To, I just wanted to say Barbie's coming out tonight, and I. It's. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a little hard to talk about East at Eden, knowing that like Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie and uh, the whole gang is just like, it, they're just like right there in yeah. like, they're, they're hours away from me witnessing them and all their pink greatness. Do you think uh, Barbie, the feature film is an adaptation, a secret adaptation of East of Eden? Yeah. You you know, because uh, of how good of a director Greta Gerwig is, she I wouldn't be it. surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a some like deep nod to uh, a lot of literary works and whatnot throughout the movie. Just kind of sprinkled throughout. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys want to get a I'm short story? You're seeing it tomorrow? Yeah. That's very exciting. Thank you. But yeah, your short get- story sounds good. Okay, we'll go to short stories. We, okay, yeah, we really can't. See, the problem is with us not with us taking so long to talk. I want to talk to you guys about Barbie, and I want to talk to you about everything else. But we got to talk about East of Eden, I guess. I guess. I'm excited to talk about. No, I am too. I am too. Let's do short stories. Brett, you go. I want to hear about your what's been going on with you. Um, I, I was at um Jiffy Lube the other day. Yesterday, okay. that's sure. still that's still the other day, right? Yesterday, it. I mean, it is it an is other day. An other day. I'm gonna say I was at Jiffy Lube yesterday. The other day, um, but well, so also you got to remember by the time the listeners listen to this, it would be the other day. That's true. So I was at Jiffy Lube on a Thursday. Brett was at Jiffy Lube sometime in the past. Um. And I was watching, uh, they had, you know, those like, like chive TV yeah. and stuff like that, where it was yeah. just like, it was just, do the same, I know chive TV? Oh my God. <laughs> it was the same loop of like, it went from like chive TV and it was like fail army videos. 
And oh, then God. like Red Bull TV and it showed just like random snowboarding and stuff like that. Yep. And then Nitro Circus TV <laughs> and it was showing dirt bikes and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um and I just got a kick out of all these. There's also another one called Atmosphere. That was the actual channel. Um, and I just got a kick out of all of um, those different various networks that I don't know how they exist or make money. Yep. Were you or someone at the Jiffy Lube flipping through channels? No, it was just on the... I think it's all a part of Atmosphere. Oh, gotcha. That's the and network like, or the channel. Ah. The Red Bull TV one was cool because it was showing cliff diving, which I think is pretty cool and scary. Um, yeah. But the story is... Um, I was kind of hoping that was going to be it. I mean, that could be it. But I was Anyway, just, Chive TV is a hoot. On to you, Parker. Watch, watch Chive TV. Um, have you ever heard somebody breathe and it sounds like they're snoring while they're awake? Yeah. Yeah, I had a really... I, I don't know why I thought that was going to be a good short story, but I was watching Chive TV and it, I, I was just minding my own business and all of a sudden uh-huh. somebody came into Jiffy Lube and they stood fairly close to me and I heard, <laughs> which God, we should probably remove that because that didn't sound great. Um, no, no, no. It was great for my, for all of our ears, but it was like, he had he someone with narcolepsy fell asleep behind me and then i got uncomfortable because i could tell that he was watching the same thing that i was and i didn't want him to talk to me so i looked down at my phone and was just like i don't want to be doing the same thing as you because i don't want to share a moment with this person you should have you should have out out breathed him breathed louder than him well it scared me because i was like is this person okay are they mm-hmm. going to make it? Did you ask? No, but it was a big old man, so I it kind of tracked. Um, so that was Do you I thought that was funny. Yourself in these situations? Do I what? Do you find like did, did you have to be a Jiffy Loop that day or were you like something inside of me is telling me I should be a Jiffy Loop today for another terrible social interaction i was slightly drawn to it like a moth to a flame yeah that's what i think um no i was i was there and i was getting a a check on my vehicle Mm -hmm. and uh you know i just i logged that one away i laughed to myself what was happening because it was like comically loud breathing and snoring (laughs) noises and I was trying to imagine oh, how this boy. man lives his daily life like that, but sure, sure, um, yeah. So I finished Yumi and the Nightmare Painter, Secret Project Number Three by Brandon Sanderson. It's a very good book. Don't spoil it. I haven't I started spoil, it yet. Gonna spoil it. When have I ever spoiled anything? Um, very good book. Not as good as the artwork within the book, though. My God beautiful fantastic uh i'm gonna keep my short story nice and short because book episodes tend to go long anyway um it's kind of crazy that i'm about to talk about something similar to chive tv right now but you know what gas stations merge ours together you know in gas stations when they have the little tvs on them the gas station tv dan 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 i swear to god bear with me okay gas station tv i can't i can't go through this twice parker shut up 
So uh, this is just an observation. It doesn't lead into a story. But someone took a knife <laughs> to the the screen of the gas station TV and they sketched something like uh, sketch something into it. And as an, an observer seeing this artwork uh, with no context, I don't know how this could have happened, but someone just sketched in <laughs> Sister Act 2 <laughs> onto the TV. <laughs> you know, Whoopi Goldberg's famous movie, yeah, Sister wait, Act 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, and I was like, "Who would do it? Why?" I think the next thing you have to do, do that? is find <laughs> the Declaration of Independence and check the back of it. But just could you imagine like vandalizing something in such a stupid way? Like, why would you just scratch or a or movie title? or or spreading the good word, spreading the gospel of Sister Act Two? Uh, we don't have know you if seen it's a it? good review. Maybe ha- it was have you seen it? A long time ago. Wait, you've actually seen Sister Act 2? Yeah, I grew up with my grandmother. She loves Whoopi Goldberg. Okay, well then, the all right. Then, then you can be the one to tell me, is it worth watching? Because someone cared enough yeah. to engrave it into a... Yeah, I also have into questions. a television. Is it, is it, are you talking about they, they like carved it out of like the plastic part of the tv yeah, so, so the, it's not like the screen there's like the there's like the screen behind like the the casing the display yeah so they yeah, carved sure. sister act two into the plastic of the display leading. how did you notice that well how close well, are you I was to just this po- tv um, no i mean it's like it's like on the gas pump Oh, it's like okay. The, it's like, it's like right. here's how much money All you're about right. to pay. Yeah, directly yeah. So next you're you're it. paying. At, okay, okay, okay. okay. Right. Now, now I'm following you. Now I'm following you. Yeah. And now I definitely believe that someone, it, someone, so, somewhere out there, just is so down on on Whoopi Goldberg's Sister Act <laughs> two that they've got to spread the good news. They've got to spread the word. It blew my mind. I got in the car and I was like, hey, Nicole, someone scratched Sister Act 2 into this gas pump. And she was like, can you please drive her running late? Okay, um, <laughs> real quick. Round Robin, what would you scratch into a gas pump? Fantastic question. I was also thinking that. I'm thinking like a hot rod or a lighthearted comedy to brighten mm. someone's day. Gas ain't cheap. You know, maybe you're feeling a little sad after gas. And maybe that's what th- this person's idea as well. Is Sister Act 2. It's got to be Dan in real life. Also very good. The the Dane Cook and... Uh, I I would say uh, Steve Carell before Steve Dane Carell. Cook for top no, billing was, there, Brett. But yeah, sure, Dane Cook's in that movie too. I was about to say Steve Carell. Yeah, um, you know, um, I only saw Dan in real life once and it wasn't very good. Yeah. But I feel like it's on par with Sister Act 2. I don't know um, if and you want I to just, disparage Sister Act two like that. You know, but so, but do y'all re- do y'all remember the cover art for yeah, uh, Dan, Dan in real life? Pancakes on his his head is in between pancakes he, while it's he, laying, no, he's laying like, down. Yeah, he's laying down on pancakes like a pillow, yeah. and that's that is stuck with me. I don't know why. I don't know if that's really good marketing or I don't know what about it. But it's like, because me and Dan sneak into me. your room every night. And wake you up and <laughs> replace my pillows with <laughs> with pancakes. pancakes. Okay, that was supposed to be a short short story. Um, and we well, tangented. Really you came in with some there. heat. You're right, Parker. Um, yeah. So I finished. Uh, uh, I finished Jade War, 
for the second time this year. Second time. And Jeez. uh and finished East of Eden. Um so that was that's been my reading. I'm I'm starting uh or I've already started Jade Legacy and I'm starting uh Yumi this week uh to get current with the Cosmere. Um but yes, yeah, so it's uh good good stuff for reading. Uh but what I want to talk to you guys about is a new part of my routine that I have really loved. Um, okay. And this is this comes with a major shout out to our beloved co-host Brett, um, who offhandedly messaged one day a couple weeks back and was like, "Hey, you should check out this app. Oh, I think yeah. you'd like it called Merlin Bird ID." Um, and so what this app is is it you you can go outside and it there's just a big button once you've downloaded the app that says like identify bird sounds and you click that button and your phone will start listening it says bird up <laughs> and you it starts listening and it tells you what birds are chirping so this worked really nicely in tandem with uh my uh kind of like weird uh new thing where i just have really wanted to go on daily walks on the trail every morning so I've been waking up earlier and I just go for about like 30 to 45 minute walks on our uh, little like forest trail to get some fresh air and to get some steps in. Um, and I've been using uh, the the Merlin bird ID app to know which birds are wow. in our neighborhood. And it's, it it's so fun. It works. It works really well. So the Eastern Toey is that's like that bird is all Everywhere. over our neighborhood. Yeah, all over mm-hmm. neighborhood. And it's singing. Um, and my favorite part of the app is when you when it's listening and like like while the bird is making its call, it'll highlight which bird is identified. So if it's got a couple identified that it's hearing on the screen, um, like tell you at that exact time which one just yes, chirped. yes. So we got guys. Uh, hang on, I'm gonna pull up a list of my my most recent bird uh, walk. Can we uh, can you put it up to your headphones and me and Dan chirp a couple times and see if it? It's not gonna work. It's it's a smart app. It knows. Um, but so the the eastern toey, the the northern cardinal. Uh, those I love those beautiful birds. Those beautiful reds. And I've started. Those are the two calls that I can now identify by like without the app. Uh, just nice. because yeah, but I it's that's the best part. Is I've heard them so often now that I'm like, all right, yeah, I get it. Um, we got a lot of song sparrows, got some Carolina wrens, uh, an indigo bunting. I didn't see that one, unfortunately, but it's a really mm. beautiful bluebird. Uh, we got some fish crows, uh, which is apparently the type of crow that's in our neighborhood. And I, I, I do see those crows uh, kind of everywhere. Um, a uh, vireo. I, I don't even know what that is, um, but it's just cool, it's man. Around. I love birds. Yeah. It's around. It's I'm round, glad that it's it works. Fun. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. So I uh, just growing up in Alabama and hunting and bird watchers and all that woodland woodland fun. Uh, a lot of my people in my family, you know, Dan was raised like, by birds. Yeah, you know how people can put their hand up to their mouths and do like yeah. really accurate like duck calls and stuff. I'm yeah. gonna try one because it, it's one that you just named that I know someone in my family can do. I'm gonna try to mimic it, and you tell me what you think. The call. Okay. Okay. Whoa. 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 I'm not that good at identifying. But it's br- it's it's one of the the ones that you just named. So okay. you might have heard it. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Let me get my, let me get out that picture again. Oh okay. Yeah. Go. Pull up your list. Okay. I'm a big red bird. <laughs> I'm a big red bird. 
I'm big and red. Oh Parker, what is that God. one? It's, a, Parker, it's got, a, one? It's got a beautiful hate, call. I hate this podcast because I, for a second, was actually one. I so was so impressed. excited. Yeah, I was so I was so impressed with Daniel's apparent like deep, rich history and like and ability, Birding. just raw ability to pull out a bird call. Um, and I trusted you wholeheartedly. Like I was, I was ready to trust and you, it, it was like a trust fall where you, you're just expecting to be embraced and caught. And then on the way down, I hit nothing but solid concrete. Oh God. Oh boy. Oh geez. Uh, um, that uh, was the Northern Cardinal though. That's exactly what the Northern Cardinal sound like. Good impression, man. That's it. Thank you. Take that one on the road. That's a cool, that's a really cool app. That sounds really fun. It is fun. And my morning walks have been fun. Yeah, it sounds great. Man, that sounds so nice. Especially with it being so hot in the afternoon now. Literally, you ha- I have a 30 to like 40 minute window of like it once it hits eight o'clock, the humidity Dead. and the heat, it's yeah. too get much. Out of, get you, out I, of here. I Honestly, have to be sunset dusk walks are great. Oh, they I, are, I've I been, do a lot of sunset and dusk walks. Yeah, dusk I've been doing some fun. dusk walks when I can't make my morning walks, but um mm. I, I prefer the morning walks specifically for the birds. That's when they're active. Sometimes, sure. sometimes I'll try and duck walk while I dusk walk. Okay. <laughs> so we are 20 minutes into the episode. We haven't started talking about this 700-page book yet, so maybe we should... Yeah, let's talk about East of Eden, huh? Let's get into that. We have a quote That's from the next book week, though, right? Given to us... <laughs> oh, God, you idiot. Oh, boy. We have a quote given to us by Jada. She emailed us with just a really, really sweet email about this book and I, I'm pretty sure she's read every book that we've read, which is super cool. So thank you. Yeah. Jada is the best. Yeah, she truly is. And this is a quote uh, from really close to the end of the book that she really liked. And it is, and now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good, which I believe Lee says that to uh, Abra uh, near the end of the book. Yes. Um, yes. And yes. My, my, uh, Initial thought when I, you know, finally turned the last page of this book and thinking about the quotes that I liked, I think they all came from Lee. Lee just has oh um, yeah, he's some banger he's quotes in the story, and so Him that's our Samuel. quote of the week. But I, I did want to share one more that I really really liked, and it's also this one actually, like Brett said, this one might be Samuel. I think it's Samuel or Lee, and it's how the days passes. It's like a life so quickly when we don't watch it, and so slowly when we do. And I think that's also very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, this sure. book was sure. chock a block full of some uh yeah, it was. Some profound quotes. It was. Let's talk about it. What do you guys think? Uh overall? Let's overall. Overall. You know, so it's it's one of those things, guys. It's one of those things where um I was miserable at some points. Dude, I, okay, I, yes. So so while I was reading this book, like there were points where I was miserable, but uh and and I don't even know this is such a dumb comparison to make. So take this with a grain of salt. All I mean is how it's how it's progressed now that I have a little bit of distance. It is it feels the same way as after I finish tomorrow tomorrow and tomorrow where I um have there's been i've been thinking about it i can't not think about it and i've grown more appreciative of the fact that it exists despite 
me feeling very challenged while mm. reading it and while reading about characters who I don't know that I liked for the majority of the book, if sure. that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think my, so, or not, not, I think my official Goodreads rating was a three, which I, my ratings don't mean like anything. So take that with a grain <laughs> of salt, but I could easily be persuaded to kick this up to a four, yeah. four and a half even. So I don't know. I mean, I just want to talk to you guys about it. I, I've been dying yeah. to talk to you guys yeah. about it. So I, I think my experience is really similar from the outside looking in. I've really loved this this book honestly and even while reading it i wasn't miserable like you said but man it is heavy it is there's some heavy material and heavy characters in this book and i think one reason that it was more challenging challenging for me is because i decided to read freaking yumi and the nightmare painter which is another 600 page book before this one and so i had to read this book in like six days uh, so cranking through 120 pages a day of East of Eden had me in a depressed state, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I really, I liked it a lot. I, I, I truly did. I think it's very good. I think it's super good writing. Um, but we'll get into that. I want to hear Brett because I feel like Brett, you look like you wanted to 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 dissent from this narrative, and I really want to hear. I want to hear your honest. Like I want you to let it rip. I mean, I was pretty miserable. Um. I understand it's one of those things where I understand why it's a classic. And like we said before, it does have some profound moments, mainly from like one or two characters. But for the most part, I kind of hated most of Brett the characters. Hates it. Brett, hate, Brett hates it. He's too nice a guy to say it. No, I Come on. I didn't hate it there. I just didn't. Like I, w- I would say, I'm, I would say a three would probably be where I would put it. Like I wasn't okay. excited sure. to pick it up every day. Um, yeah, yeah. But I understand like some of the 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 stuff within it, like being in- being interesting. I think the correlation and like allegories relating to the Bible were interesting and in how it kind of interwove with the characters and the story. Yeah. But I hated most of the characters. And, mm-hmm. um, so like, it was just, I don't know. I, I just, some of the, some of the parts where I was just, I was just kind of like, okay. And I, I was telling Daniel about it the other day, I did a lot of it on audiobook. Um, it would have been a lot harder for me to physically read it and stay super interested. Sure. Engaged. Um, yeah. But I, like I said, I, I understand why it's a classic. Um, but it, I don't know. It wasn't my favorite. I, I will say when I think of classic, this is not what I think of. I, I didn't know really what this book was about, but I just, I don't really think it reads like a classic. No. Yeah. So I, I'm glad you said that. Cause it, it kind of caught me by surprise the yeah. way it was. The, I mean, the way it's written, uh, it, when, this was published in what 62 or something like that 63 50, 55 no oh. earlier thir- i think 1939 oh shoot maybe i was looking at like a reprinting or something the movie was 1955 yeah oh shoot okay then i'm way off um yeah uh well i mean dan do, did you want to speak more to that to the, it not feeling uh yeah sure so, it was uh, 1952 yeah 1952 so, i think grapes yeah. of wrath might have been the 30s um 
But no, it just, like, I was reading it, and obviously they're two really different stories, but it reminded me of the stand of it just being like, oh a my branching. god, yes, dude, it is a like branching generational, like, it's an epic, it, it covers so many characters and so many different generations of characters, and like how this young generation acts with the older generation, but then as the book progresses, that young generation is now in charge of an even younger generation, and I'm just like, this is really good writing like, like can i, I, can really I tell like you this. can i tell you i don't know if we're gonna get ripped apart by our listeners i don't think so our listeners are amazing um i don't know if this just sounds stupid but i also uh at one point told maddie i said if it feels stephen king like yes um, it does and it and feels very stephen King-like. the thing the thing that really caught me off guard is particularly with kathy and her chapters it was written in such an immoral, um, like uh, dark place, and yeah. and pretty, I think I messaged y'all with the with the intro in chapter eight. There's a monologue that kind of introduces Kathy, yeah. and it, it yeah. talks about monsters, and it was haunting. And the thing that I the thing that like has has sat with me with this book is it it did like there was at times it sucked to read. Like I didn't want to read it, but it also was, it was compelling and good and, and good writing. Um, but I was haunted by Kathy. She was terrifying. She felt yeah. like, uh, a, a, a literal monster or like a Stephen King esque, uh, yeah. creation. But, and, and it was, it was almost hyperbolic, right. With how evil she was. Right. Uh, but it freaked me out in the same way as reading a horror novel, which I really was not expecting yeah, this to have yeah. any sort of horror vibes. She, uh, I was, I was actually reading about it. Obviously she is kind of built to represent sin and the devil, but she also is apparently, um, Steinbeck based her off of his second wife because Yikes. they divorced and he went into like a deep depression. Yeah. And he, when he wrote Kathy, it was based on her. And Yikes. so <laughs> there's a lot of baggage oh, that sick, goes sick burn Steinbeck. Some of that, uh, you know, so, and, and that that's, dialogue. that's, I will say that's the other thing that I would compare it to, uh, especially early Stephen King works. Um, is there is a there is a lot of uncomfortable casual misogyny in the book and yeah. this this by this was what kept dragging down the experience for me to the point where like I wanted to not give it anything above a three is um I struggled with and and I do this when I'm reading Stephen King as well I struggled with finding that line between um was this written as like, well-intentioned metaphor or is this thinly veiled misogyny that's just like right you know right there and and i i feel like in too many instances the women in this book were either evil in in like samuel's wife's case she was just very like hard and brutal liza yeah yeah. um and then or or they were set pieces right it was it was dressing for the book for other male characters to have a story um, right. which like that in particularly like didn't like I, I did not care for that um, writing at all. I felt like that was pretty gross. And then also there's some clear racist stuff in this oh, book. Yeah. So so big yeah. big yeah. trigger warnings there. Um, and and I'd say like it, I don't know. There there's no like justification at all. 
Um, it's just one of those things that I guess you have to know going into reading a classic that that stuff. But even still, man, it was just jarring. Like that There's stuff sucked to read. Yeah. That was, and it's. I, I the... felt that same way. Of like, I've only read a few King books, um, but it, it happens in those too. But it's like, okay, are you trying to get into the personality of these characters that you're writing? Or is this you as an author in this time period just putting this stuff down yeah. type of thing? Um, I I am grateful that that really like <laughs> heavy racial slurs kind of tapered off. Yeah, I don't know because the they were uh, with the the other brothel owner was yeah near the end. Yeah. Like, yeah, those are a little Jesus. Um, um, yeah, that's, but- that stuff sucks. The the I will say Abra um, really was a delightful change of pace though near the end of the book um, I think that she was given some some real focus with Lee in particular and I know we're jumping all over the place but I just did want to make a point to say that like yeah. I feel like Abra's character you know was a was in stark contrast to how most of the women were written in the book of being seen as like. Um, almost lesser than or 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 just straight up evil right representations yeah. of evil right um and uh well, yeah, they I, kept, I liked sorry they, i was just saying, they kept trying to put her into one of those boxes but it felt like Aber kept breaking out and being like excuse me i'm i'm not aaron's girl i can be whatever yeah, kind right? of girl yeah, yeah. type of stuff so she like fought against the misogyny I think there's something to say about Kathy's like Kathy's whole thing is, oh, you expect me to be a weak, (laughs) frail, scared little lady. And actually, I'm going to kill everyone (laughs) and heartlessly. Yeah, I I mean, hey, that's a that's a good point. Yeah. I like I don't know if that was the intention. I kind of lean towards women weren't respected at all in the 50s. And that's. (laughs) <laughs> right so she she Where wasn't a damsel she wasn't right. a damsel which i did like I, there there's something to be said for like uh you know the, the jokes of like i respect women's rights but i also respect women's wrongs and like sometimes people love to see a, a like a, a a good like woman villain um that like if, if she was written now maybe there's just so much other stuff with yes, it that yeah. was not good and then also i think we we'd be remiss not to also have the conversation of um like her being the wife of Adam and her representing yes, sin. Right, and I know, right. I know that they're, they're hyperbolic characters, but I also think that, um, traditionally, especially within this time period, the church did a thing where they decided that like the fall of man happened because of woman, because of you woman, know, right. 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 Which is, which is just blatantly like, stupid and misogynistic (laughs) to begin with and even like so i don't know if y'all did but i went back and read some of genesis uh just for fun uh to kind of prepare me for this story um and and something that i want to point out is that uh when eve took the apple it makes a note to say and adam was there like he was there watching he didn't do anything right so like there this there's no justification like i it which like i mean we're getting down the rabbit hole a little bit but I, I don't know. Those. Yeah, I feel like we haven't even really talked about the book yet. We've just kind of gone down different rabbit holes. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it's, I think that is uh, like it, in historical context, definitely a problem, right? That that yeah. 
women was written as this like epitome of evil creator of evil right (laughs) lord jesus all right uh back back to the book a little bit what what's the point what's the point of this book it's laid out by lee in in one of the chapters when he uh when he describes the the tim to tim cell yeah thou mayest and then obviously that's how the book ends but yeah it's pretty much just like breaking the cycle of like evil and sin and like redemption in general is like i think that's why a big one yeah lee wanted like needed adam to forgive yeah cal at the end because lee could see it all happening that's why he he and Samuel kind of represent more of like benevolent figures to me in this mm. book. And so Lee was like, guys, come on. Like he's, he can see it all playing out and he knows that that's what needs to be happening. But it's that, just going to continue if it doesn't yeah. break. So it's like, right? it's, you know, you can change your, your stars or you can change your, mm. um, you don't have to follow in the footsteps of your, of your father. Um, and you know, it, it, it is an, it, it's an interesting um I think they they do that part of the story really well. Obviously they show it like that's kind of the spine of all the generations is right. This like repeat repetitive um repetitive sin kind of thing. Um this Cain yeah. and Abel retelling over and over right. and over again. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think I think Lee even says directly at one point, I, I can't remember if he's talking to Cal or Abra, but he says something along the lines of like, there really is no other story than the story of good and evil. Right. And uh, yeah, I think yeah. that that's uh, I mean, it, it like you had just said, Brett, like, I, I think the um, the big theme that's prevalent is that you know, good and evil exists. And it, and it, I really like this idea that it exists in all of us. Um, and God did Steinbeck take a long time to get to that point. Right. And <laughs> yeah. I think that the, the main representation of that is Cal is, is this, the end with Cal, the whole Tim, Tim shell, uh, like the importance of thou mayest of like, I don't even think that the end represents Cal being good but it right. represents Adam telling Cal, you decide right. whether your future is good or your future exactly. is evil. Yeah. And I think for the listeners, that is, the, which I, I adore that message, right? Like the message of the responsibility lies in the individual and their actions. Um, and it's not, we are not the, uh, just like the sum of our parts. I think that's such a beautiful story of like, uh, I mean, you see that with, with Adam and and Charles both like craving their father's approval, um, and and obviously with the Cain and Abel stuff, with you know they hand with the gifts that they try to present to them, and then one being rejected, and then you see that with the the uh, Adam's kids, uh, Aaron and and Cal, and then them having this like internal struggle, both of them of like, are we? Especially Cal, like, am I? Uh, do I have Kathy in me? Am I just Kathy? Um, and I really love that the message is like, no, you are not just your, your person is not decided on by who your parents are or what your circumstances are. Like you choose. Yeah. Can I, Um, that was the big takeaway from the book that I got. What's up, Brett? Can I add just like a slight 
lesson of this book. And it's a lesson for a lot of older books about older generations. Hey, it's not that hard to be a decent father. Just be a good dad. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my can God. We, I know. Can we right? just like have a, can people just like be invested in their children and be a good dad? That would solve a lot it's of a issues. cycle, man. Guys, um, this, it, that, there, oh God, it killed me, man. That was, you're right, Brett. That is a big thing. Be a Samuel that, Hamilton guess- to your kids. Invest in them. <laughs> And love them and bond with them. And don't be like... I was actually about to trash him a little bit. Sam? I, I don't yeah. think... I don't... I'm not saying he's like the perfect, but he does... Yeah. I think he does a much Tries. better job than the he's other the fathers effort. in the book. Yeah. As far as the book goes, be Out more like all him. all just like murder and backstabbing and harsh words said in this book, there's fewer for me that are worse than when Cal gives Adam the gift and his dad is like, Hey, this gift sucks. I wish you could give me the gift of a good life. Like your brother has. I was like, yeah. Oh, that right. scene Man. sucked so bad. That to, scene and, was hard to read. And you know, it came off the heels of another scene that I felt so like, I, I felt was so profound and, and connected with me so deeply which was when um, when they finally Cal, bond. Yes, like after Which, after yeah. he yeah. goes to prison, and he's talking to Adam, and this is like kind of after Adam's rebirth, and and he, and Adam says like, "Oh my God, I don't know you. Let me yeah. get to know right. you." And like that idea, like I, I felt this like primal. Um, like uh and and i don't know if this is a if this is like a universal experience or or maybe just experience for uh, like guys or 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 what you know whatever but like to want to be known by your parents or to want to be known by an authority figure that you hold dear to you is such a uh treasure and just getting affirmed in that way yeah. can do su- such good things for your mental such a health direct question yes yeah, and i, I want to know you and the fact that 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 was one of the scenes where i was like oh this is great and then i feel like i don't know that was a weird part of the writing for me and maybe i just didn't see the connection but then for it to just immediately disappear and they have a connection for like a couple days and then yeah. it, Adam kind of goes back to how he was and then loves Aaron more than Cal. Where I was like, did that like get missed in an edit or something like that? Because he kind of goes back to what it was before. I wish we had kind of like a, t- a timeline within the book because I don't know how long it actually was because Aaron had left for college. college by the time they had the next yeah. scene. Yeah. So it could have been, you know, that six months or a year and a half since they were like in high school together. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no, that scene was really great. And I just love, cause Lee called it out as well. They were like, Cal, I want to know about you. And he was like, I don't know what to say. What I can tell you is Aaron is good and everyone likes Aaron. And they're like, okay, you're telling me who you are through your brother. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just telling me what you think you are. Like you think uh, you're bad because you're exactly. comparing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just really good. 
and and oh. god that messaging of um and i think it's it's more of lee and then i guess adam at the end but having that messaging of 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 like hey like i see you're good and i see you're bad and i still love you right like that yeah. is yeah. is such like di- like everyone everyone needs to hear too. that she 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 kind yes. of hammered that home with him she was like i'm not perfect my father's a thief like you look at me as some like prize in some Right. Like doll that has no blemishes or anything. She's like, I'm not a perfect person. Right. Yeah. Um Yeah, Adam Adam sucks, man. I yeah, Adam I, does I, suck. I I really can't get over the fact and I, I those well, there was that one scene where like uh Lee was talking about Adam and saying like he's so good and it's because he's so good that he like you know, he can't get past a lot of his like hangups and all that stuff. And I just can't sub- like prescribe, subscribe to that mentality of like, I-, I don't, I don't know. Like he, he didn't name his children or, or care for them for the right. first couple of years of their lives because yeah. he was so like up his own ass about this, this, <laughs> like he, he created, and this is another thing too. Yeah. Like he didn't know Kathy and that oh, was no. like, he fell in love with her when she was uh like a wounded like couldn't speak child child right yeah and that's another that's very another problematic thing. thing yeah um but like there there's something very gross and off-putting about that um yeah. but I, I mean that's another real like a, a a very real thing that people can do is they can make up this idolized version yeah. of someone or something in their head and be and, in love with that and be in love with that instead of being in love with the person. And I think like Adam was just such a flawed character throughout the entire book that I, I really didn't feel much to any sympathy for him at all. And then the, I mean, the final thing with, with what you said, Dan earlier with him, like spurring Cal's gift and being like, no, I wish you were like Aaron when like Aaron didn't care about college. Aaron didn't, Aaron didn't even like his dad. He like, he yeah, resented like him Aaron. for the last. I, mean, I don't know if that's no, yeah. So I, right, I, I, yeah, yeah. I was mean to talk about that, but yeah, sorry. Continue your point. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, it, it was just tough for me to read because I, I really struggled to care about this man at all. And like in any instance where he seemed to take one or two steps in the right direction, he immediately became that's so self obsessed yeah. or like, just like out of touch um and then even like god when he like wept over kathy's death i was like are you joking guy like (laughs) what are you doing like what i i don't know he's i didn't like adam from the very beginning of the book when i knew he was a moron when he went back and i know it was partially like can enable correlation but after Charles tried to like kill him with a, with his hatchet or whatever, and he goes back and they just like go back to normal life, I was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> like leave!" <laughs> and right. So right. that was one of one of the frustrations. But then, yeah, he just became the ultimate like rich, spoiled, lazy, lazy. He didn't like didn't he was, do anything. He, even he didn't want to do anything. He did the lettuce thing as a game. He and it's just yeah. like it's like what. Yeah. So he played with like his fortune as a game was to see if he could do it. it. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. He didn't really After have being any told, redeeming Hey, qualities. don't do this. Yeah. 
he gave uh, Kathy the Sarah Cameron treatment of you don't love me, Topper. You just love the idea of me. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, that that was it. That's it. Uh, yeah. That wow. That TikTok sound is exactly that can exactly some of Steinbeck's East of Eden. I think that's what he had in yeah. mind. Only true Outer Banks fans like me and Brett know <laughs> all about Topper. Oh my god. <laughs> So yeah, oh go go go, Brett. I was just gonna say, speaking of uh, Kathy, um, what were your guys' thoughts? Did you, you know, did you support Kathy? Did was it like a? Did you hate her completely? Did you were you? What were your thoughts on her? Man, she is a character, huh? Well, oh, so Kathy, Kathy, Kathy. To to me, it felt it and and again, like I. There's a lot of stuff in the book that I know is good because it was very emotionally evocative, right? Like it, it made me feel emotionally like it just like it just made me feel strong emotions yeah. towards almost all the characters. And right. a lot of it was resentment. Um, but Kathy represented a level of like sociopathic tendencies um, in humanity that I do think exist and mm. terrify me deeply. Um, and I've, so like, I, I had a really hard time with her chapters and the stuff in her focus because like, I, I just hated to see her ruin people's lives and callously and with no, right. With, I mean, but it wasn't even fun. It was almost as if like, she just existed to ruin. Yeah. Like Uh, she, she existed to create ruin and there was no like no other force there it, there was no enjoyment that she got out of yeah, it there was no right. anything she just was evil and that was rough did she commit yeah. every deadly sin i think she committed oh, most good of point. them um i was trying to think about that earlier because obviously yeah. she represents like the devil throughout the story um and I was All like, right, so you can say you can say pride, pretty certainly, wrath, lust, obviously, wrath. Yeah, with uh, gluttony and sloth, they talk about yeah, how so she those, slowly gets like more, like her servants do more for her. Yeah, and she becomes more as far as like her looks. Like they they yeah. go deep into how she like slowly loses her perfect figure, quote unquote. Yeah. Um. What else are we missing? I don't know. I mean, probably. I mean, yeah, there, I think there's a good case a to be made. It was I think there's definitely a good case to be made. I obviously don't like her character, but when there's not a whole lot of people to root for, sometimes you're just like, she's taking advantage of like shitty men a lot of the times. Obviously, some yeah. most of the cases you you're like, oh, that's that's evil. But sometimes you're like, I mean, I'm kind of okay with that. Like it, these are horrible people. And she's yeah, just right. taking advantage of their horribleness to be also horrible. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I was, it, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of gr- to grasp onto as far as characters that I, that I yeah. not, I didn't enjoy Like I didn't like her character, but it was, you yeah. Know. So I, I get what you're saying. And there was one thing that like, I also struggled with. So, um, particularly when Adam, like, uh, has the confrontation with her 
and she reveals like all the photos and all the evidence, all the blackmail that she has yeah. of these people. And then he, he has his grand speech of like, you, you can only see the evil in the world. And what you don't see, what you can't understand because you have none of it in you is that there's good here too. Um, I struggled with that because like, I think, and I think probably what you're dealing with Brett too, is like a lot of these guys that she were black. I mean, they seemed pretty gross, uh, you know, but I, I think, I don't know. That's where I kind of wonder if a lot of this is written pretty hyperbolically in the sense of like, it, it is supposed to be very like crazy out there because the other thing, and I don't know if this was strange to y'all. And and maybe this is just a wild like uh, discrepancy in my understanding of history, but were brothels and 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 whorehouses that common in it, those t- in that time? It was it, the way they described it was actually pretty realistic in that at the in those in those days, I think it was more common to have like a coexistence with the law. Because they would, you know, they go, kind of go over in a chapter where they were like, you know, work you, together. you know, men are going to do this kind of stuff. So you might as well like have it in an environment where you can control it. And they have, you have like a working relationship with the owners of the brothel and the people who run it. And you make sure they run like a tight ship while so to keep people in control, basically. Because if you were to ban yeah. everything, it would, it, it's like that age old thought of like, it would be it would just turn into chaos and it would be it just, out it just seemed very archaic. You mean? Well, yeah. And it, it just seemed very yeah. weird to me of like how it was like, so accepted it, it even like amongst like the town and people yeah. and it, for, from my understanding of like the Victorian era, like style of, of, of Christianity and, and just like society at that time, I didn't think that, that I mean, and I guess I really just at all. yeah, as accepted as it was, but like also every character talked about it very openly, right? Like even yeah, from right. when like Charles and uh, Adam when they were young, and like Charles was like, oh, like I couldn't find a wife, so I would just like go to the houses a lot, and then like he would talk to Adam, and be like, oh, did you want to do that? And it just it seemed very like I don't know, just accepted like a matter of fact, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't know, exactly. I it, it it was just weird. It I. It felt um, like an anachronism almost. Like it felt like it was like out of its time, but that could just be me not understanding. I the... think it was it was more common than than we would think. It may have been overblown a little bit, but um, I think it was fairly common, at least maybe in like frontier areas, like mm-hmm. California in that time. It was more of a obviously it was settled and stuff, but it was still seen as somewhat of a frontier. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it was more common than, and they probably like, as far as like history books, they probably won't like to admit that kind of stuff, but I feel like it was probably a, sure. uh, yeah, which it is a weird thing to think about, but I mean, I have to imagine a lot of the inspiration for setting like, I pretty sure John Steinbeck grew up in he did. Salinas Valley. He did. Yeah. That's okay. what oh, I saw. Wow. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I read that it was him, a lot of his books in this one was kind of him introducing his children to the Salinas Valley. Like that's why the the part of the beginning, obviously to go kind of along with Genesis, but also like him describing the Salinas Valley to his children and stuff. Also there's kind of scattered like first person chapters 
yeah, of very much yeah, just yeah, like yeah. Steinbeck's narration right. of a lot of like descriptors of landscapes. Yeah, the, the narration was weird. weird. The narration was very weird. Third person for ninety eight percent of that book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also I don't know if this like the way that the characters spoke to each other, and I the, couldn't tell if the repetitive if, dialogue is that what you're talking about or no? Continue. Not necessarily. I mean, may, maybe the repetitive dialogue, but also just like the dialogue in particular felt unnatural. It felt um, like they were care- like almost like play acting these hmm. m- moments. Uh, like these intense moments and i don't know like i i couldn't tell if that was intentional because of the way he wanted to write this like dramatized story or if that's actually how people spoke back in the day and i just i (laughs) again like people were just weird i guess i don't know but like the because like it would be like it was almost like very like quick the dialogue to each other like like adam and samuel would be talking for instance and then like samuel would be like all right i'm gonna punch you and then he'd like, and he'd be like, "Whoa, why are you mad?" And then he'd like punch him, and then he'd be like, "Okay, I forgive you." And and, and you know, it was yeah. just like very rapid, very quick moving. Um, and not to say that that was bad; it was just pretty jarring. I didn't. Yeah. It, 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 it took you out of the story. Know. You'd be like, "Why did he?" Yeah, there was. Yeah, I, I did notice some of that. Then my my thing that I kept catching on to is the uh, the repetitive phrasing and stuff, where he'd be like. Um, you know, I'm going to do this. You can put your hat on it. I'm going to do it. You can put your hat on it. And you just be like, <laughs> okay. Um, just call me Joe. You have? I'm sure it's a literary device that I'm just not smart enough. Parker, did you read it on Kindle? No, I audiobooked the whole thing. Audiobook. Okay. Um, the Kindle version of the book. And I don't know who's to, to blame for this. I'm going to say blame. Um, the dialogue there were no breaks in the dialogue, you know, it'd be like character one talks. And then the next line is character two's response. Yeah. It'd be like character one. And at the end of character one sentence, it just flowed into character two. And there were a lot of times where I was like, Hey, it's not too bad. Cause there's still breaks and like quotes. But you're like, who said that? Oh God, that would have driven me insane. I was like, I don't know who's talking right now. (laughs) I yeah, couldn't thank, tell you who I'm thank supposed to be. Christ that I audiobooked <laughs> it then because I would have been fear. I, I had a hard enough time understanding it just straight up, like it, when yeah. it was being spoon fed to me into my ears. So, <laughs> um, you know how you eat with spoons. Um, yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that we, that sounds like it was awful. Do we want <laughs> to talk about? I mean, we've kind of mentioned him somewhat. Do you want to talk about Lee in specifics at all, or just? Well, I, I put in there Lee and Samuel because yeah. they also felt uh, like preternatural to me. They almost felt like they were angels. Um, yeah, and I don't know if y'all got that same sense. Way. Yeah, angels or prophets. Yeah. They definitely, I guess, had flaws. Um, yeah, but one thing sure. that I'll say that I really loved about them thematically is that they both represented, and this is also very like, a, this is a biblical illusion. Um, of like the the meek will inherit the earth and stuff like that. Um, but they were not rich men and they were often servants to other men. Well, yeah, they were the most self- y- selfless. Yes. And but you can argue, I mean, it's not even much of an argument. They were the they were the most well adjusted and happy people yep. in the yep. books. Like they they 
by the way they carried themselves, by the way they loved others, and then by the end of their lives, um, they lived long lives and were loved by others. Um, and I I think that that was obviously very you know intentionally done that they right. weren't you know they didn't they weren't fortune like they didn't have a lot of money. Um, that was very that that was a very common theme too. Um, yeah, I think and every things time didn't Samuel go their Hamilton way was mentioned. They mentioned that he had no money. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But also, like you, you think like, about oh, like like Lee's um like Lee had the dream of the bookshop, right? Yeah. And Sam Samuel had these had constant patents, had constant ideas. They were both idea men, both philosophers, um, and they didn't get what they wanted from a worldly expectation, but they did seem to love more and love deeper and have better connections with people in spite of their suffering when they could have been very uh like uh, you know depressed or darker or you know bitter people because they didn't get what they want or they weren't rich but instead they were very loving and kind and i, I don't know I, I mean i just really like them as characters yeah yeah i think those are probably kind of think the only lee for sure being yes. like the main character that I'm like, okay, I've reviewed you and you're a good person. I think <laughs> I can't remember so everything on Samuel, so I could be wrong, but I feel like he was in second place on that. But I think Lee by yeah, far was for sure. the most like benevolent figure. I mean, Lee raised book. two kids and he didn't have for to. like 12 years by himself. Yeah. Before Adam was like, oh, maybe I should. Maybe I should do something about this. Were, were y'all also constantly wondering, and I, I meant to look this up, but like, did did they represent any, did either of them represent God or represent mm. an or anything like from Genesis? Someone mentioned, and I don't think he's in Genesis, but someone mentioned, that's why I said prophet, that Samuel represented the prophet Samuel. But um, I, I was, I thought, I was trying to look up about Lee actually before we were recording and I couldn't really find yeah. anything, but I mean- He's the closest to. Yeah. And I, I think this book does do a good job of like, it, there's a lot of like biblical allegory and illusion without it being a bit like a, a retelling. Right. right. Like, they, like obviously like other things that I loved were Charles and Kathy both had the, you know, quote unquote Mark of Cain. Yeah. Right. Um, like in, and that symbolized their, their darkness or maybe even symbolized the fact that they had, they had gone past the point of, being able to change like being able to they thou mayest turn good like they 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 had made their decision uh, which was interesting though for uh charles in particular even though he was definitely not a good guy the rest of his life was just lived out farming um and you know he I guess died a wealthy man. Yeah. Um, he just did assume. things mindlessly. But also like and... pretty lonely and had an awful like, well, you know, yeah. life. I was kind of surprised they didn't go more. They didn't really go back to him after they went to Not Salinas. at all. Yeah. Um, Not at all. They didn't really have much closure outside of him dying. I thought there was going to be some grand confrontation or something like with that. But um, I don't know. Those chapters were wild to me because it was like, oh, Adam came home. They get in a fight. Adam leaves for two years, and then comes back. Adam it, comes back. Yeah, and it Guys, happens I, like that for like ten years. I will say, I feel like the first three hundred book of this, the three hundred pages of this book could have been cut. 
It was they, miserable. They, they could have gotten rid of so much with Adam's father and like with oh right. God, I don't even remember his name. Cyrus. 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 Yeah, I wanted to Which say Sawyer, I but I knew that was Samuel wrong. Samuel is also supposed to be a juxtaposition to Cyrus. Yep. Because he was very much like a, an out of touch father versus Samuel being more like in his children's lives and stuff like that. Um, right. Being more of a family man as opposed to Cyrus, who was literally just saw his sons as like products. Um, and was like a di- dishonest man. Yeah. yeah. Also, I was so confused at how he like manipulated his way into then being a rich like. That was such a ar- weird. Yeah. It, it, yeah, like it, you said, they could have cut so much of that. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think I think from a from what he was trying to do, I understand. Like it, it really, really wanted to grind into the reader this idea of like cyclical repetitive yes uh yes. like sin and lifestyles lifestyle right and, and like how and how like um you know that like the adage of like the sins of the father or whatever yeah. like i think like there were consequences of cyrus's actions that were still playing out in aaron and Ka- in cal's life right yeah because he was an absent father and a liar um, and he did and the then, same thing with the knife and the the puppy and stuff like that. Right, yeah. exactly. And that's also, the, I mean, those are pretty one to one allegories. Um, and then, you know, with with uh, Cain and Abel, um, Cain giving God crops that were like not his best, and then Abel giving him a lamb that was his like most prized possession, and the and then God showing favor to Abel over Cain. Um, those are pretty and that, direct yeah yeah, no, yeah. and, and mean, that, that repeated again with the money and the and i guess uh him going to college it was just a good yeah. life like yeah he so, was right, he right. was like living the ideal his life, life at that time to the to the fullest yeah but the the c names and the a names across three yeah, generations yeah. and all of that um i feel like we've covered a ton of stuff do you want to talk about some favorite parts of the book yeah, uh, let's do it. You got, you guys can go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Brett is done. He's yeah. Screw you, so Stein. Favorite doesn't kidding. have to be. I, I like the Grapes you know, of Wrath is a good book. Favorite doesn't have to be wholesome or yeah. I, I, I'm gonna go with what Parker says. Now my favorite part, but the part that stood out to me the most because I did not expect such a horror arc to show up in this book. Um. Kate, as she's being go, as she goes by at this point of the book with Faye, Faye what, what was yeah, the yeah, Faye, Faye, Kate, she slowly drugging kills her. Faye. That when she gets drunk, yeah, that sequence her that she she's had terrifying. a nightmare about Kate oh, going God. to jail was horrifying. Terrifying. She's whenever she gets drunk, that those scenes are terrifying they're really literally like they're so well written it's haunting it's haunting all of the mentions too because there's so many of them of side characters like looking at kate and it's always like they thought they caught something strange in her eye but it went away instantly of like her kind of like showing her like slipping and showing Mm. true color for a second and then going back into like sweet kathy well i think the scenes with samuel when she has like her slithering tongue and stuff like that. Yeah. And it uh, e- like e- describes her as a snake. Right. That was a good scene. Yeah. I, I think, uh, so I mean, t- to that point, some of my favorite stuff in the book was 
the people who saw through it through, yeah um I, th- I like samuel being one of the first um well even charles right like charles yep. from the from the get-go was like hey you're like there's a depravity news. here there's there's something wrong here um and then samuel and lee and cal all had this way of seeing her and not falling under her spell of of her being able to like twist or tempt them to do their bidding but rather they knew like there was an element of humanity missing from her that was so yeah. off-putting that even if they couldn't name it they knew it was it, she it was wasn't yeah like she was not what she seemed and she should not be underestimated um and i i, I thought that writing was great um and then the scenes that really stayed with me the scenes that were the most emotional for me that I really liked was um, Cal and Adam when they connected and had that good father and son moment. Um, and I, I am sad that it obviously didn't pan out. Pan out, or I mean, I guess you can make an argument that it did at the end. Yeah, just true, still true, like true. very true. Still, Pat. It still was more of a grievance on Adam's part of him having to grow as a character. Like Cal had already grown at that point. Um, and uh, I really loved Lee and Abra's scene where Lee had always wanted a family. He yeah, had always yeah. wanted um, a daughter. He had always, I mean, he, he, had, he was basically the surrogate parent to the two boys. And f- like when they had that kind of like confession scene and he gave her the, um, like the button from his his mother his mom yeah. or something, and and then yeah. and then her like saying like i wish you were my dad um there was just some that was just some really like sweet beautiful stuff and i'm a sucker for found family yeah the relationship um, but i do think great. yeah I, I just think like those two characters were like maybe in a book where a lot of people felt i well i guess more this is more so abra um but in a book where a lot of people felt very like intentionally one note or maybe not one note but intentionally um like they were they were set in their ways i felt like those moments where it broke that up and showed like real people struggling and real humanity was just a a a nice like beautiful thing yeah it was i i pretty much liked anything that lee was a part of i liked when lee would put his foot down with the kids and step in as the dad and stuff like that when he's like have you ever seen a little man try and fight and the, someone twice the size yeah and he the, i yeah. who's he talking to uh cal i think he's point? talking to it was um, cal cal yeah and he was like you're not gonna like it it's not gonna be pretty but i'm gonna do it and so it's, anytime <laughs> he became like a father just literally, literally anything with lee his bookshop him loving his chair in his room he finally spent his money to build that up him willingly and easily giving Cal the 5,000 he needed for his bean adventure. Um, (laughs) Cal's big bean adventure. Yeah. (laughs) The spinoff. I I really liked Lee. I also found, sorry, the, some of the Hamilton stuff was really depressing. Like when the brother um, shot himself after the, yeah, Jesus Christ. There were some really weird, like, offshoots and interludes in these and I, again like and it's so funny because like you know if i were to read something like this today i would have said like man this could have used some tighter edits right like the the editor should have taken this book 
and and removed all this. I think saying that about a classic, saying that about, a, you know, about Steinbeck's East of Eden sounds silly, but I do feel like there was just some like side stuff that I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know what it did for the story outside <laughs> of make me feel super sad. sad. Yeah. yeah. Very sad. Well, I can. Um, well, I was reading it. I have a quote by Lee that I was going to read because okay. I really liked it. But it is kind of a sad quote. No, read but it. We had, we had just moved on from Lee. Um, I wrote this quote down. And out of context, it's not a great, like, great quote by itself. But I think it's really good to show like Steinbeck's writing in this book because I really liked it. Um, it's when he's talking to Adam about telling the boys about Kate. I know sometimes a lie is used in kindness. I don't believe it ever works kindly. The quick pain of truth can pass away, but the slow eating agony of a lie is never lost. It's a running sore. Yeah. Which, oh no, that's, that's a good line. Up. It's so many yeah. times. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's beautiful and also so poignant to like, I mean, we didn't even really talk about that being like a major theme, but I think it was of like yeah. the difference between like painful truth and like Get, a comforting lie. That right. will also never pan out the way you want it to. It'll always yeah, be right, right. And in that yeah. sense, Adam has just as much responsibility for, you know, Aaron running away as Cal does. Sure. Cal, sure. Cal only shared the secret. Obviously, he did it in a very mean and um, like hurtful way. Like he did it to 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 injure Aaron. But Adam's the one that kind of set him on that path. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, can I share one more thing? We have one more question, but I did read one comment on this book that I really liked about Aaron yeah. and yeah. Aaron's death. So uh, I was reading through just some like reviews of this, like pre- prepping to talk about it. And one review I saw was uh, about how Aaron gets removed from the story very quickly. Like he he's a big part of the story. He's a big part of Cal's progression and all of Cal's chapters, and then they get in an argument, he goes off to war, he dies. Um, and it's all, like, off script. Like a, yeah, like It's all you off fu- script. It yeah. happens within a, a few pages, and someone was like, I feel like for a character this big, it should have taken longer for something like this to happen, uh, was the initial complaint. And then someone wrote, you know, a reply to that review that I really liked, um kind of justifying Cal of Cal did not kill Aaron. Like it, he, he might've like nudged him, but Aaron seeing his mother kind of put him on a path of suicide and the joining the army was just basically him accepting like his death. Yeah. Like he didn't go to the army expecting to come back at all. Like he went to basically die because of everything. And I kind of agree with that. And it makes sense for how he was written off of like, sure. I, I just don't think he planned on coming back after everything that happened to him. Yeah. His illusion so, was shattered. Yeah. Do y'all think, yeah, do y'all think that Cal and Aaron were Charles's kids? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure they're like, I think so. definitely his kids, right? It was it was hinted at too much and like used as a threat from Kathy for me to just not think. And with Cal and Charles just being similar, I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they say that a few times. 
um yeah, yeah so something so, something sure. that i saw that i thought was cool that I, I i mean it wasn't confirmed or anything but i think it's interesting is like if you if you look at the the biblical story of cain and abel them being the offspring of adam and eve um there's like a, a the idea that the story is written um to show that we all come from evil because Abel dies before he can bear kids, right? Right. And then Cable is sent Cable. Then Cain is sent out <laughs> into the world. So from that perspective, uh you're supposed to understand that Cain then, you know, helped you know populate the earth. So there's this yeah. idea that like uh you know, we all stem from like we all have the capacity for evil within us um and uh i I think that's interesting in in context of the book because uh you know cyrus gave birth to charles and adam if it was charles's sons then charles went on and then um the next you know you know replaying the story replaying the the telling uh aaron doesn't have kids and you imagine abra and Right, um, Cal right. will so it's it's still this continuation of like the one brother living and passing on you know the the lineage and the the one dying oh, um, interesting yeah which I do think is interesting and then I also think it's something that's very interesting too and very weird because I also forgot this or maybe didn't know but when I was rereading uh the <laughs> the story of Cain and Abel um Two things that I thought was fascinating. One, there's a third brother. Yeah. Y'all know this? Seth, right? Yeah, Seth. Yeah, Frankie. Our, Frankie Jonas. Yeah, Frankie Jonas. No, so our boy I, I, Seth. I read about this too. So Seth is mentioned at the end, uh, or maybe not even in the same like chapter. Um, and it essentially is like a, a redemption for Adam and Eve to have a son who wasn't a part of the Cain and Abel story. Uh, <laughs> so kind of uh, like it was a uh, invalidates... Kind of, yeah, they, they <laughs> it was a uh, the editor uh, told a retcon. God. Yeah, it was it was a god yeah. god god retcon the story. No, um, but the, it it kind of invalidates that idea because then some people were saying like, oh well, Seth could have also had kids. And <laughs> I think yeah, I read that it's like, imp- it like a, a lot of people do think that it was actually Seth who was the like fathered humanity yeah. or whatever. A- anyways, very weird. Um I mean there's a <laughs> lot of the Bible and of Genesis in particular that that's like right. you know, weird. Um, but uh uh yeah, I just thought that was I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was fascinating for um Steinbeck to leave that out. I don't know how you write that in, but it's I also think it's just fascinating that um within literature like ev- or, or just like society, I feel like the story of Cain and Abel is known right yes the story yeah. of this brother and and um and how it goes down but then also i think that it's interesting that like the mark of cain wasn't necessarily like i mean i guess there's multiple interpretations but like god marked cain so that then no one could kill him afterwards um so some people see that as a sign of mercy other people see that as a sign of like he will have to live out these long yeah, days a curse with no yeah um so i thought that was interesting and then the other last bit of genesis knowledge that i thought was fascinating is that it ends with cain going to nod which is east of eden 
Yeah, that's the yeah, like. Uh, it, that's where it, the title. Like, comes from. That's where the title comes from. Didn't know that until I was like, "Oh, that." I'm glad I read it because otherwise, I really would not have known uh, that's how was, he had come up with that. I was wondering the whole time, and so I looked it up afterwards, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's cool, cool, cool little nod, cool little nod, nod." <laughs> ah. Last question, round robin. Do you think this book deserves to keep its status as a classic? Um, I understand. Like would I you, said, I understand. Throw it in the trash pile, Brett. No, I understand why. I don't. I, I. I don't think this one is taught in schools, and I mean, I understand why because of the, like the yeah. sexual side of it. I assume that's why it's not as like. I actually looked that up. Um, a yeah, book. I looked it up. It was banned when it first came out, not because of misogyny or racism, but because of prostitution. Yeah. I can imagine why that would not and, make it into school. The people swearing. of Salinas were called out and they didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wait so, a second. I mean, I, but I get why, like the biblical allegory side of it, why it leads right, to right. It being one of, you know, one of the, one of his classics. Um, but yeah, I guess so. I mean, you said it, it's kind of an epic tale across generations. So yeah, I was going to give a very high praise and say, elevate this bad boy. When I think of classics, this ain't it. If you've listened to this hour and 20 minute episode and you haven't read this book, I mean, I'd recommend it. It's depressing and dark. Jesus Christ. It's heavy, but it doesn't read like a classic. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I feel like I fall somewhere right in the middle of, of the two of you. Yeah. Uh, which is good. I, I like that. We're kind of, you know, that it's kind of spread, uh, you know, that we have a good even spread here, but like I, I, I had trouble reading a lot of the book. Yeah. Um, and and I think going in, I, I would give trigger warnings to just know that it, it was written in a time period where like it, there's clear uh, misogyny, racism, and uh, just other bad stuff kind of baked in. Very consistent um, and casual use of it too. Yes. Uh, yeah, also, it, it's, the it's, audiobook is additionally jarring. Because you hear the reader do impressions yeah. and stuff, and it's Yikes. very much like uncomfortable to listen to. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say, like, I, I feel like after after talking with you guys about it, and also just like reflecting on it more, I think there's some really really good like emotionally evo- evocative. Um, parts of the book that it had me it had me feeling anything right which i think like that's maybe the point of art right and even though i don't think those feelings were good and they certainly weren't happy for a lot of the time when i was reading this story um it did it did say something and i think that uh i i was okay i was okay with the story i think it took a long time to say thou mayest or, or, or the idea of just like (laughs) everyone has, everyone has the opportunity for good and evil. Steinbeck took his sweet time writing that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I certainly say that it, you know, it did everything it needed to do in my opinion, as far as um, you know, it was a, it was a fine, fine classic. And uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I would, dissuade people from reading it outside of just giving fair trigger warnings going into it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to tackle someone in a bookstore if they pick up East of Eden. Yeah. 
That's fair. Um, so author's note real quick for you before you wrap it up. Um, they are adapting this movie, this book, sorry, um, into a Netflix miniseries starring Florence Pugh as Kate. But it's going to be going hard to be... for me not to cheer for Florence Pugh as Kate. That <laughs> yeah, is that is you. so true, man. That's gonna that's be tough casting. To. Tough casting. We love we love Flo in this house. Yeah. So that that that's just the rumor that came out like a year ago. It's it's like it's been greenlit. It's been written. Florence Pugh was the first casting announcement, and it was rumored as as Kathy. Um, but I will say for the original movie. Um, the original James movie Dean. stars James Dean as Cal, which huh. uh, is interesting because the movies? movie starts like 70% of the way through this book. Yeah. God, like all that, that sounds stuff, so good. All that, that stuff that you don't want, Parker, so good. not in the movie. See, this this show could be ass if they just decided to take all the good stuff, which is like, I would say the latter half of the book, and maybe yeah. do small flashbacks to the beginning. Totally great. You don't need so much of the start of this story for it to tell the same exact <laughs> yeah. story i also learned another fun fact do you know how many movies james dean was in three he was in very few before he died he died really young he was in very very few movies i think he appeared in like I, so i saw it th- fully starred and what brett said three i think he appeared in like nine or something like that yeah he died super and young when i hear james dean i was like 80 movies he was well, in 80 why, movies. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like a lost talent where everyone was like, holy crap, this guy's amazing. He's been? like a heartthrob. Yeah. He's like a rock star. Um, when I hear James throw. Dean, I think of Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwiches because I don't know who James Dean is. I mean, those breakfast sandwiches. Have you heard the song Style by Taylor Swift? Yeah, I mean, I like J- James D. Daydream, look in your eyes or, or whatever. Yeah. I, like, so you know I, who I, James Dean is. I mean, I've heard of him. I heard, I've heard of his name. I, you could show me a million pictures, like black and white photos of old actors. I wouldn't be able to pick out James Dean. God, I can't wait to send you pictures of James Dean later. He's so attractive. He broods around in a leather jacket. That's kind of James Send Dean. me like 10 pictures of like generic white men from his time <laughs> that are in which acting yeah and ask me which one's james dean. i i it'll be oh, fun okay. it'll be a game i won't okay. be able to get we're, it we're an hour and a half in all yeah, right let's wrap it up it's time to bookmark it uh thank oh jay des thank you so much for sending that email and reading this chonker with us i'm glad she really enjoyed it i'm, I'm glad you liked it a lot yeah jay um, your emails are so kind um super and sweet. we genuinely appreciate and love reading them um and also just like the vulnerability with the with the emails it's just we love to hear stories about people's lives and when people can connect to books and then tell us about how like how you processed it that it's just like the best feeling so we thank you for that and anyone else who wants to email us and be a part of the book club in that way please please do yeah sounds good uh, thank you, Jacob Robinson, for the intro and outro of our uh, podcast. And thank you to Maddie Moon for the lovely cover art of our podcast. Thank you. Both. And remember the real books were the friends we made along the way. The ones that tried to kill bro- their brothers with hatchets in a ditch. 